just finished watching episode one of Us vs Evil Dead, which I think the episode title is just El Jefe. To be honest, Netflix didn't give me any episode titles, it just said episode one. That's the thing. When you asked me about episode titles, I was like, I'm pretty sure because they've all got individual titles. Oh, okay, that's fine. That's something I can go through and adapt my notes. Yeah, I can find... I'll find the titles for you at a later date, but I'm pretty sure episode one is just called El Jefe. Fair enough. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, I genuinely think I prefer the show to the films, which is pretty scandalous, but I think because the show, you get more character development and you get more space for them to grow. Oh, this is the most notes I've written. Like, I've done a page and a quarter of notes. All the others, we hit maybe half a page, if that. I said to you when we got to the point, and this is skipping ahead a little bit, but even so, the final five, ten minutes, I've see, I've watched that scene so many times that I could quote it, because I just love it, because it sums him up so much that throughout the whole episode, he is a creep, he's awful, he's like, he's lazy, he doesn't care, he, he hits a woman constantly for no reason, and he harasses people, and then the moment something like that happens, he flips into the ultimate killing machine for these things, these creatures, these deadites. So I've got three main questions, but before I ask any of them, I'm going to get you to talk about what you thought of, of the pilot. This is the pilot, this is what they would have seen to give it a full season's run. So, I'm just going to talk you through my notes. Okay. He lives in a trailer, so he's obviously hit rock bottom and like never grew up. Because to me, it's like a very childish dream to like walk in within a trailer. Obviously, that sex scene in the bathroom is one of the worst I've ever seen. It's so bad, I have to comment on it. Which is fair enough, it is a deliberately bad sex scene. No, I understand that, but like, it was just atrocious. Like, honey, the angle was all wrong. I refuse, so for as dumb as I think he is, I refuse to believe. It's, it's awful, but it kind of illustrates exactly what he's like. The dolls, the, the CGI, like, I hate dolls, but the CGI was so bad, and also the little Larry hate you, little Larry kill you, that was funny. But he threw the doll down to the floor next to a knife slash box cutter. Honestly, just stamp on the doll, or my logic, so I've never seen the Chucky films, but my logic to Chucky is just literally a child shaped doll thing just boot kick it stamp on it i liked the quote the devil is always waiting in the shadows so i highlighted that uh, when you started talking about el jefe i just immediately went the hero from the sky like we don't we, we live with this for our new darkness i have a theory but i will discuss that in a minute maybe okay there's blue plants certainly do. I was more worried about Eli. I think he's going to be a pretty hearty lizard, not gonna lie. Fair enough. Oh, that mummy should have taught you to look very much. Oh, yeah. Gave me mummies with the maggots now from the moon chainsaw, but the thing is you would have seen the old woman's shadow in front of the chainsaw, but yeah. I also argue that the chainsaw wouldn't work after 30 years. I can see both sides of that, like we were saying. Either he doesn't, he's never touched it since because of the trauma, or he's kept it perfect and pristine in case it ever happened again. Yeah. Also, he better the granny. I love my granny. How dare he? I mean, that's fair. <laughs> you, you know my granny. You know how much I love her. Yeah. Also, um, quickly, because I don't believe that there's any like. 
was the greatest in the division. I've decided I'm starting a gravy count, and so far we are on one. I think even you would have to admit, if they didn't end the pilot with that line, given how iconic it is now, this man would be missing a trick. I mean, yes, it's just, he's like, very middle-aged, and is very much awkward. Oh god, yeah. Well, if we say he was in, his, he was 20 when the first film happened, that was 30 years ago, so he's he's 50 now. Which is roughly middle age. I've just checked, and Bruce Campbell is 64. Uh, he looks it and doesn't at the same time. Yeah. He's aged very gracefully. He's not, like, shiny and, like, can't smile. He's at least let himself age naturally. The thing is, he very much got lucky, and I, as, as we've said before, he knows this. Yeah. So, do you have anything else to talk about? Uh, I just have my theory, but we can get to that later or now. Well, that was going to be one of my questions. We can talk about it now if you want. Okay. <laughs> No, no, I was going to ask, because I know you like make, like coming up with theories, what your theory was. So, my, my theory at the minute is the girl's... I'm awful with names, just a warning. The girl whose mum died. Kelly. Her mum died six months ago in a car accident. Now, obviously, the evil is at her dad's house in her mum. I'm wondering if, to some degree... Everyone who's died in the past six months comes back in some form or another. Fair enough. Is it not Bruce Campbell, haven't you? I have, yes. Yes, because we've got a face of it and you're wearing your shirt that I wasn't meant to see because it had the hand and I didn't get why it had that. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. He's just, he genuinely just seems like a really great guy. Normally my way of gauging if people are like good or not is if I had a panic attack in their presence, what would happen? It's a very good point, it's a good way of doing it. Because... He seems like the guy who'd look after you. Yeah. Which is really weird, I know, but like, it's my way of trying to figure it out on whether or not I'd feel safe in the situation. Well, that's absolutely fair enough. So, what do you think of the... Like, so, what do you think of Ash being traumatised for 30 years and not dealing with it. What do you think of his character now? Do you, do you like the development we've had of him into this, like... He hasn't really changed. Yeah. They've kept with the characterization from Army of Darkness. It's clear, like, he's never moved on. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he still has the necklace he gave his girlfriend. He probably has never married, he's probably never had kids because he's still stuck in that. And then that he noticed in this one, when he's telling him about what happened, he says, me and my friends. So obviously in the first one it's him and his three friends. Second one is just him and his girlfriend, but third one we don't discuss. Again, with the remake we don't discuss just because they're not important for this point. He's totally good the original. Now I understand there were rights issues, we've already talked about all of that, and it is very much taken it back to its roots, so to me you could kind of like, I could have watched the first, I'm not saying I would have liked to have done it this way, because the point was I wanted to be introduced to all of that, because I am a completionist, but like, you could watch the first one, and then watch the TV show, and you're not really missing anything. So far. So at this point they can reference the first film, which is why the footage comes from the first film. They can reference the second film. They can't reference Army of Darkness in series one because they didn't have the rights. From series two onwards they can and they do. Okay, that 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 to be fair makes sense. I think I may have to read up on all the rights issues just because I'll have to do re- refresh my memory of it as well. I feel like they're gonna end up Almost certainly, it's a big thing in the films, uh, in the in the fandom. To be fair, what do you think of right? Who do you think of the new characters are important? See, I I know you've got a poster above your bed, and 
Jamie thank you for that. The blonde one in the diner, maybe the cop, this is currently infringing on a crime scene. Like, I've listened to much true crime to know, don't do that, especially if you're under a police investigation. I hope you're writing these down because I'm not. <laughs> I think, is it Pablo? Yep. I think he's gonna die, but I think Kelly is gonna survive. Okay. And I feel like there's someone else that needs to be introduced. Fair enough. I feel like I would have commented on Pablo's hair if it was in the poster. Do you have any thoughts on any of those characters yet, or you just like having just met them? I haven't just met them. Like to me, it normally takes like three episodes to get get grips. Fair enough. Like, look at who, for example, first episode hated Chris. Second, Aminaring. Third, Aminaring. However many we've done now, I can stand to be in the same room as him. <laughs> so, I'm gonna do what we do with who, and I'm gonna say the next one. Given so we're not going to be reacting to every episode. We're going to be reacting to this one. Episode 5 and episode 10 of every series. So we're going to be doing start, middle and end of every series. I'm not going to give you all of the... I'm not going to give you the next four titles, for example. Because that will give too much away. But episode 2 is called Bait. And episode 3 is called Books from Beyond. So, I'm a huge Addy Lovely fan. A book. And a bookshop in that is called The Last Bookstore. I love quirky bookshop names. There's a place in where we live with a really cool name and I love it. Not to mention the guy who works there is absolutely lovely. Do you have any thoughts, given those are the titles of the next two, about the direction this is going to be going? Obviously... Episode 3 is going to be them trying to translate it to stop all of this. Something's going to go wrong and release more evil. So I feel like there's going to be like a daddy evil or something that we haven't met at all. It's not just going to be all these minions. Episode 2, obviously someone, someone's going to die, but I, I don't know who. Okay. I'm not going to say anything, but I'm... I'm interested in who you think is going to die and and, ha- and all of that because there are a few genuinely shocking moments in this show so I want to I, I want your reaction to those will this show make me cry I don't think so but I can definitely see points at which it could happen okay I haven't had a good plan lately that's all <laughs> wait till we get a bit further into who we'll be fine oh wait till we get in a couple of cha- uh, episodes in Supernatural, the second the second character walked on the screen, I was going to break down crying. What did you think of that episode? Well, I've given, to, given it a rating out of 10. What went right, Jamie Bishop, what would you be happy for me to give it? Oh, uh, more than the films. I'd want you to give it more than like a 7, I think. So, I gave, hang on, film 1 a 6. Film 2 a 6, film 3 a 5, and the remake 6.5. I gave episode 1 of season 1 an 8. Good! <laughs> Genuinely, I love this show, and I love the films, but I love the show so much, and I think I think you'll end up really liking the show. So you know how I rank TV shows. That episode's made me want to keep watching it. Good. Which I very rarely say. Good. I'm really glad. The, the one thing I am going to say is that there is a storyline over the whole show, but each season has its own, like, arc. So, hopefully, like, once you've done series one, you'll, you'll enjoy it. And they're different, but they give similar, like, energy, so I think you'd enjoy it all. But I think if that's where, if that's where we're going to leave it, that's a really good place to leave it, with you actually liking and wanting to carry on with this show. I think the plan is we're going to try and do one or two episodes tomorrow. Obviously we won't be recording them and then it's we can try and do like episode 4 and 5. Record for 5. There's 5. There's going to be like 
thoughts on the past three and that episode. Yeah. And then it'll be like in time for the film because we've got sixteen days. If I can do my maths. Give or take. We've got around a fortnight to watch the rest of the show. So fourteen hours to go. Because it's roughly 15 hours. Basically. Yeah. Basically. We can do that. We can make it work. But no, I don't think I've got anything else. No? Good. Good. That's alright. I just think that's a good place to leave it with you enjoying it and wanting to carry on. And you'll see what Megan thought of the next few episodes when we come back. <laughs> Sorry, this one was full of me talking. Very rare. No, that's very good. <laughs> And if, for some reason, like a lot of fans did, to be fair, you like the films and you were you were unaware of the TV show, watch the TV show. I mean, I have just thought it, but... Only the first episode, so it's okay. Right, we'll see you... Next time. Next time. Bye. to episode 5 of Ash vs Evil Dead season 1. We've just finished watching some more episodes so we're going to do a quick rundown of episodes 2 to 5 and then we'll get into what we think of the show as a whole. So episode 2 I want to say was bait. It was. Which is the first proper. So you've got the Deadite attack in, in episode 1 in the pilot when they attack him in the caravan but it's the first proper like full on manipulation episode. What do you what did you think of that one my love? So I gave it I'm going to do something slightly different I gave it a 7 out of 10. Okay. We're going to literally start from the very top. Honestly like this episode lacked the jump scares like get set several up and it just didn't work i also want to know how much fake blood was used i think that is something we can find out but i will add that to the list of things i need to google honestly like it's it's kind of cute how he still calls guns boomsticks yeah and like i don't know it's just like a cute little catchphrase like it's it's cute it's and it's also a good illustration of how he has not moved on in the last 30 years Oh god! I mean, you can tell that from how pervy he is. Bearing in mind, it was a, uh, it was on stars, not on say HBO, where it would have been a hell of a lot more realistic, but also a lot more graphic. I mean, I literally wrote down that it was sus that her mum just appeared. Yeah. And that the flies only fly around dead things. Plus, there is a specific type of fly which only is. Well, <laughs> This gun's only weird. They often have problems of them in morgues, which they stop making a noise when they're on a dead body or a dead thing. If they stop on something that is not, it still makes a noise. It's really weird. I can't remember what they're called though. I mean, the nursery, nursery rhyme was a reference to the film Evil Woman Walks the Earth. Kelly is a young Ash, and the evil is following them. So, did you write down? What I pointed out to you is a line I really like in that episode. Oh God, was starting to feel like oh no, oh good, sorry, oh good, was starting to feel like a real dick. I love his delivery of that, where it's like it's not, it's not meant to be. It's 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 a, it's a funny line, it's a funny comment, but it's not meant to be a joke from him. It's the like the wear the weariness of just uh, I was right and I didn't want to be right. But at least I'm not being an addict to these people. Also, I would like to quickly apologise. I have a cat either side of me. And one of them is like purring his little heart out. I doubt the microphone will be able to pick him up. But I'm sure we'll find out when this gets released. Hang on, let me, let me try something else. It's not just put the microphone next to him to see. I could hit that, so let's see if it picks it up. He's now making lovey eyes at me. So yes, you can kind of see in that where he does care about people, but he puts that front up and he's like, I didn't want to be right, but I am. So at least I'm not 
being a dick, I'm just having to kill something else. Unless I'm reading too much into it. And you can see their acting ability in just like little things like that. Oh, sorry, I'm just reading my notes for number three and I wrote down a question, but I don't know what it's in reference to. That's alright, what was your... So which one was episode three? Books, Books from, from Beyond. Beyond. Okay, what was the question? Let's see if we can work backwards. So first off, I gave it a 6.5. Okay. And then, woman in a cafe... Woman from cafe at Kelly's house slash parents' grave. And then I wrote dark one, question mark. Oh, I think that was your theory. But I have no idea what that's in reference to because, honestly, after five, they don't really give you anything. Well, they kind of do, but not really. The ghost beaters as a nickname as well. Yeah, I I, I, I like that because that is their name now. Spoilers, they do keep that name. <laughs> I mean, we already knew the book was a gateway to hell. Yeah. Oh, that would make sense. Hang on, I've just twigged to something, but I can't say it. Um, so I'm just writing it down. Book is harmless unless evil slash stupid user and Ash definitely fits at least one of those categories. So I have a question that kind of goes from three to five over the three episodes because that's like a little mini arc. What do you think of Elagos? What do you think of their design? What do you think of how they appear? What do you think of that sort of as a character? Oh, the design, like, the effects are creepy. But if you're going to try and make a demon look like that and label it the weakest demon but make him the knowledge of hidden things, you can't have him be too witty or funny, which is what they do. And you almost need him to kind of be like, oh, don't kill me. I've got this information that you want. When the reason they summoned him is because they were like, oh, you'll tell us how to destroy the evil. And he was just like, no, I don't know. I'm going to eat you. Well, it's it's the manipulation of that's what the, 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 evil, the evil has always done is just mess with people. See, I really like this design because it's it's a bit creepy and it's just like off-putting because it's so like static. It's not like they've gone down, say, the supernatural route of having your demons. And I know I don't know a lot about the show, but go with me. I know about like certain things about how your demons look like people on the whole, and they've not gone down the route of like, oh, it's just a humanoid figure with like horns and a tail. It's something. It like it's not. It doesn't look like a deadite, it looks like something completely new. But deadites and demons are two very different things. My interpretation is deadites are like zombies. Yeah, I can see that. Deadites are like, uh, it's, it's like, yeah, possession by a soul, whereas the Elagos is an actual demon. And it's the first proper demon that we see, in unless you count the, like, giant eye. That I've already forgotten about. I, I just find that, that that's, I like they've labelled it as the weakest demon. And he tortures all of the main characters and he kills Lionel. like two people he kills Lionel and he kills the Brujo in episode 5 but I, the thing that gets me, always gets me when I rewatch the episodes is how he does it it's not like you know like um, stabbings or wounds or anything like that it's you see him pinching off the synapses in the brain or um, like throwing them across the room yeah like that's the physical side of it but more than more like the the torture side of it that just that idea gets oh that the effects are so bad yeah you're not wrong it's just the idea of it it's what it represents to me is always a bit creepy and a bit off-putting it reminds me uh what it this sounds really weird but obviously in old mental institutions mm. they're like male probes they're like do you get what I mean? Electroshock treatment is what you're trying to say. I couldn't remember what it was called. They still do a form of that today. Yeah, they do. So, I don't want to get too much into 4 and 5 until we finish them about 3. But, so I've got the, the two storylines that are ongoing up to up to there is you've got the Elagos storyline, which covers 3, 4 and 5. And you've still got uh, Fisher's storyline. You've still got the cops storyline. I mean, I argue there's more than that because you've got Elagos, you've got the cops, you've got this random woman in the diner, and then you've got the overarching theme. Well, yeah, yeah, true. Okay, let's go one by one then. So we've talked about Elagos. What do you think up to five about the cops storyline? Honestly, 
not the biggest fan. Okay. She annoys me. Fair enough. It's like, hmm, what makes you think that, like, a guy hanging from the ceiling with white eyes, hmm, that's gonna be the making of some random dude who lives in a trailer. Yeah, I see your point, but you can kind of see they they do they do it so it's it's at least understandable, I suppose. The one that you said you had more interested in, more interest in when we were watching is the, the as you said the the random woman just doing her own thing. It's the fact she just keeps appearing, and like, is it three? No, episode four. You kind of find out a bit more. Yeah. And then we can move on to four if you want, and we can talk about that aspect to it. What was the other thing? Oh, the overarching storyline, which is obviously the dead eyes are chasing him. Yeah. And that's all you really know about that. So yeah, we can move on to episode four. Okay. So which episode is Bruja. Yes. I hope I'm saying that right. And I gave this a six out of ten. Okay. Honestly, I love Shaman storyline. Like, I just find them so fascinating. Say so in this one, you find out that the woman from the diner, she tells the cop that Ash killed her mum, dad, and sister called Annie, which is filmed too. Yes. And then later on in the episode, it's revealed that she has Ash's hand, which is obviously still possessed, and just starts freaking twitching. I want a dead I knew who she was, which is very weird. Why? Why do you say it's weird? Because as far as we know, at the minute she's a normal person. Okay. They know who Ash is because he's fucking started all of this. Obviously, her family were doing stuff with the book but she wasn't involved as far as we saw yeah it's the first we've heard of another noby so why why would they know who she is okay so you said you liked the shark like the shaman stories but you've only given it a six what what wasn't there for you i don't know it just it didn't hit the spot like the kelly and Pablo's story is annoying me because it's will they won't they well she doesn't like him but he likes her blah 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 and normally I love slow burn but it feels forced okay and it's kind of like that oh we're gonna see inside yourself using something which is known to be used for a dream walking trip yeah ayahuasca I can never say as I wasn't gonna attempt to of all the places in the world I'm sorry but I can't help but think Jacksonville Florida it might be a lovely place but 90% of a certain podcast I listen to has episodes based around Florida so I get what you're saying obviously they explain why because it's where he was meant to go but but they went to the cabin instead yeah so that you can kind of see why it's got such an emotional like resonance to him it's not what he wants it's what might have been i don't know it it might have been i got bored or i was tired or any number of things fair enough what do you think of what we learn more about certain characters so like in brujo we learn more about pablo and in bait we learn more about kelly are you like warming to them the more we learn kelly has anger issues pablo has family issues and it's the will they won't they get together oh we're two broken souls maybe we're meant to be and it's just like it feels a very overdone trope and that's coming from someone who reads a lot of the same trope fair enough like i love slow burn i love enemies to lovers i love all the like traditional cliche but there's just something about this which annoys me and it does it feels forced like hmm the world could be ending we're on a mission with like a 40 50 60 year old man who's essentially a filthy pervert and hasn't grown up oh maybe we'll have sex maybe we won't and the thing is you know that the second one or the other of them makes a move they'll die if you say so it always i'm using war film logic here which if anyone doesn't know what that is is if you are watching a war film and one of the characters shows a photo of their childhood sweetheart or their wife or 
someone that they want to go home to, they will not make it home. Fair enough. So that's your theory, is that one of them's going to die because they happen to have, like, a potential romantic relationship? Yes. Okay. Do they not know the rules, basic rules of horror movies? I was watching Scream before this, so... So, you didn't like Ash's trip? <sighs> I mean, I liked the quote, when evil shows up, it blows up. Yeah, it, he's going to have to find a catchphrase eventually. It, it just seemed a bit pointless, because before he could finish... The demon which is inside Kelly because obviously it it preys on weak people. She's just become an orphan. She's going to be weak. But it it was pointless because you didn't find out anything. No, well, you don't find out anything yet. Mm. It's keeping the plot going. It's keeping the suspense going, isn't it? By putting in more more action. So the last one we're going to talk about now, which is the host episode five, when the all of the Elagos storyline comes to a head, mm-hmm. and the Bruho storyline comes to a head. What did you What did you think of it? I gave it a seven out of ten. Okay, that's better than the last one. Obviously, Kelly was lying, saying Ash was possessed. Blah 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 blah. The the gun bong made me so nervous. I cannot express how nervous that made me. And like, it was kind of obvious what was happening. But like, that whole scene just kind of goes back to the will they, won't they? And it's it feels forced. Because obviously, she was possessed, and it's like a typical trope. Oh, demons only act on what's hidden inside sort of thing so it's like does she want to doesn't she like i don't know um it was tense in good places sweet mother of manson yeah when you get back to hell work on your aim <laughs> i mean they essentially fucking waterboarded kelly yes that's that's the same thing i wrote down as well when we were watching it and obviously they were all scared so it was making them stronger it was clever how they made it seem like Kelly wanted to die, but in fact it was the demon, and say it was only when she was like, put a cross on my grave. And I think I tweaked at the same time as Ash, like, hang on a minute, no, she's Jewish. Impaled Jabruho, shoot first, think never. And then I kind of didn't write anything down, and then I talked about the locket slash talisman, which is obviously going to be very important. So that's, I looked it up, I think, I think it's, I think, it's a Santa Muerte, which is the... It's it's like our, our Holy Lady talisman, but it's for that particular religion, which I cannot remember the name of. It looks, it looks like Mary. Yeah. It's a Santa Muerte, which is Our Lady of Holy Death, who is specifically folk Catholicism and Mexican neo-paganism. It's a personification of death. It looks like Mary, but it isn't Mary. Yeah. But yes, you're right, it might, may or may not be important, but I'm not going to say anything else going forward. And it's where you was like, oh, it's still really hot sort of thing. Oh, and then there's the fact that Ash got really excited that he can make a fist. So that was the other couple of things I had written down about about uh, episode five, which is the two things you get to see again, Ash actually being a decent person, where Pablo's at the pyre. And it's just that look he gives Kelly of, like, we both need to leave and let him mourn. Because Ash is, a, is like you said, he's a creep. He's a bit of a pervert. He's very... He doesn't have very many social graces. But something like that, where he's been through the same thing, he understands how to deal with it. To be fair, they gave, they gave Kelly time with her parents' graves. Yeah. But he never had that with his, with his girlfriend. No, no, because, um... The events of the first three films take place over the course of two days, as we've discussed before. He literally had to cut her up, bury her, and then couldn't even mourn her because straight away she was trying to... Kill him again. The other thing I had was Ash's new hand. Now, I like that idea that they've just gone, we've grabbed a few... Like it's, I want to say it's called a power glove. So you used to be able to buy it years ago when you had... Was it? The, I think it was a Nintendo. I think it was the, the NES or the SNES. And it was going to be... You know when you can buy like with, with the Wii, they used to have like a, like a steering wheel or like a like gun? It's like that. It was an early form of that. And he's meant to have like adapted that into a new hand for him. And I, I, I just find it really cute that they've gone out of their way to build him a hand because he's lost his old one. And it's like showing them growing as like a little, like, not if not a family, then like a little unit. I mean, it 
it's kind of, well it was Pablo that did it because Kelly was very much um possessed but like it's that obviously Pablo is like you're El Jefe you're like this hero Kelly is just kind of like yeah I have nothing better to do it's not that but you know yeah so it is it's that ball we might as well make the best out of a bad situation fair enough we're now at the halfway point of the series what do you think of the show so far it's short i'm noticing that there are only half an hour episodes yeah i mean it's not scary and it's not funny but it's not the worst thing i've ever seen i mean it's both of those things but fair enough we both know horror has no effect on me at this point and apparently neither does comedy do you have any thoughts on where the show's gonna go from this point on I know you I know you have some knowledge already because we may or may not have peeked ahead at what's coming but do you have any idea where the show as a whole is going I think that's still like all we really know is they're trying to get somewhere yeah that they're aiming for something so it's kind of like that obviously you're gonna learn more and I feel like there's more to the characters okay like obviously we don't really know who this blonde woman is we don't really know much about the cop other than she just wants to know what happened to her partner but she's still under investigation and fair enough bearing in mind we've been talking for half an hour on four episodes <laughs> we should probably wrap it up soon given it is near enough quarter past 11 at night but you wanted to, t- to tell i'm gonna let you tell them what we did the other day with a certain classic horror movie which you have you had yet to watch at that point so i always swore i'd never watch the original child's play because chucky i don't like puppets i don't like dolls blah 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 but we for oliver's birthday we went to a different city to where we live and found the original child's play we watched it i fell asleep during the last 20 15 20 minutes of child's play mind you i haven't wanted to watch this film since i was about 14 i am now 21 and i fell asleep during it uh, i think that just about sums you up horror officially has no more prop like no nothing on me anymore yeah, we'll, we'll, we will find one that does, don't worry. Just before we wrap up, I was listening to um, the Dead by Dawn podcast, which is the new building up to Evil Dead Rise, when they were talking about the original trilogy. And one of them had a theory about the remake um, opening titles to Evil Dead 2, where they like re-show the events of the first film, but with different characters. But their theory is, it's all canon, in that, the first film happens, Ash turns up with all of his friends, they all die, and he's the only survivor. And the evil in his head sends him back to relive it, but this time just with his girlfriend, who looks different because it's meant to creep him out. And in the start of the third film, he relives it again with a different actress playing the girlfriend because it's meant again to mess with him and the whole thing is just the evil constantly messing with him and messing with his head and i think that's a really cool fan theory that works yeah it does i just thought i'd mention it i just really hope they don't go we're gonna show you everything all over again because then there would have been no point to me watching all of this stuff in build up so they in the show they do flash back to things occasionally but they do it in a way that isn't like let's watch everything again it's more of like let's see a really specific thing that has a really specific reason for being shown yeah and i somehow i doubt that they're gonna touch anything to do with what we're currently on in evil dead rise but i don't know yet for certain obviously well especially as they've said like it's the first without ash technically without Bruce Campbell whatsoever well no because isn't he in it as a background character you know he's in it in a way but I've got a feeling it'll be his face on a on a picture frame somewhere or something like that please be a hot dog vendor if you if you've seen multiverse of madness a hot dog slash pizza vendor that'll make sense I just want him in it every sort of film you can imagine playing the same character because they're all just different universes what is it in Spider-Man? He's a wrestling boxer. Announcer. Yeah. He's a wrestling announcer. He's a maitre d' in the third film, and he's a usher. That's in the it. Film. You, did I tell you when we were watching them? 
that who he was actually meant to be playing. Yes, but I can't remember. Because all those characters are the same person, and in Spider-Man 4 it was going to be revealed that he was Mysterio, like, directing his life the whole time. I would have I would have loved to see Bruce Campbell like that, because he very rarely plays proper villains, and I, I think he'd just, like, eat the scenery. So, is there anything else you want to say about where we are at the moment before we wrap? Not that I can think of. In which case, we will be back in a few seconds for you listeners with what we both and especially Megan thought of the whole first season including the build up and the what I'm going to say is a rather eventful final couple of episodes place your bets now on if I need a box of tissues and if Megan thinks she might be right with theory or not I don't think tissues are necessary yet, but they will be in a little while. For now, enjoy. Yeah, let us know what you thought, because I do want people's thoughts on the show and on Ash and on the series as a whole. And if you're excited for the for Evil Dead Rise. I will also take horror movie recommendations, which are scary, but do not include dolls. So don't come at me recommending Annabelle. <laughs> yes, nothing like that, please. Other than that, horror films that have actually managed to scare you would be would be brilliant given we very rarely find any i'm a baby ghost horror movie watcher so no like the nun or like poltergeist or no i think poltergeist i think poltergeist is manageable for you at the moment isn't that spielberg yeah no yes but like be gentle with me recommend anything and i can always triage it as and when yeah but for, yeah, for now, given I'm trying to say this for 10 minutes, yeah, enjoy. Let us know what you thought. We'll be back soon. Bye. Bye. So we have just finished season one of Ash vs. Evil Dead, which is still as good as I remember, and I think on the whole, Megan enjoyed. However, I don't know what she has thought of the last few episodes, I don't know what she's given them, so we're going to go through them one by one again, and we'll see what she thought. I'm just quickly working out. Also, I kind of forgot I was doing a groovy count. There's only one. Well, there hasn't been a groovy since episode one yeah so that's fine but i i think i'm gonna do it for all of it so don't don't you worry okay i've worked out the average of the entire season so first let's go back to episode six okay which was the the killer of killers and i love this title if i saw a book with this title i'd pick it up and be like Oliver, can I have it? Which coincidentally I did today anyway. And I would just get it for you anyway. So what did you think? So, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Good. See, I remember at this point I was just still incredibly confused by who Ruby was. That's the first question on my list, but I'll let you talk about this episode before I come to it. I didn't actually write too much on it. I just wrote the repeat of the woodshot, like, going through the woods. Um... All roads lead back to the cabin. Lem, our, uh, who was nine days sober, Locket alerting him of the book, tried to swallow it, trying to seduce the waitress to get her to per- paying perf. Per- he is unrepentant, dirty old man. Tried to arrest Ash, boss now deadite, sliced and diced. Which, as you know, I like Scream. There's an iconic pic where Schumacher says slice and diced and liver alone. So every time I see it happen, I... It doesn't matter if we're in the cinema or not, and I know that's really bad etiquette, so I do apologise. But I willfully just go sliced and diced. So, I think that people don't need to watch this show or these films because we'll just read out Megan's notes and they're so comprehensive that it tells you <laughs> everything without context. So you've just got the most random thoughts about this <laughs> thing. But I think I think that it would be fun to just try and explain to someone, someone with your notes. Yeah, but my notes are literally my thought process. Wait, wait, so... 
wait till we get to episode 9 there is a full page of notes my big question for episode 6 is you said you were confused and didn't know what to make of Ruby spoilers in episode 6 she burns to death what did you think of her up to that point and what did you think at that point she's sus fair enough I just kind of very double cross her once the book for herself obviously like the deadites keep talking to her so it's like I'm pretty sure one of them was like oh Ruby she would again sort of thing I don't know that was just something oh, I, I have I just I the thing is I automatically decide that someone's dodgy and I do not quit sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't so you just thought she was dodgy. What did you think of her death in that episode? It was only when you told me afterwards I realised she died because I was too busy writing down notes. Well, yes, but what, once I told you, what did you think? I didn't really care. Like, to me, she just kind of existed. So you weren't intrigued that a character they'd built up for half of the season had just been killed off without giving any answers? Honey, I've watched Game of Thrones, I've watched House of the Dragon, I've watched Supernatural, I'm used to characters being built up and then just brutally murdered. Fair enough. But you, you liked the episode? Mm-hmm. I loved the title. Fair enough. So, moving on to episode 7, which is Fire in the Hole. I think you'd like the concept of that episode. I'm curious whether you did or not, though. I'm gonna try and not make it sound like a comprehensive guide because of my notes. No, you're allowed to. I, I wasn't making fun of you, I was just pointing out the fact. Well, I gave it an 8 again. Good. I wrote at the end of 6 that Survivalist's end is coming and like Lem was one of them. Obviously, he then turned into a deadite. R.I.P. Lem. Honestly, it just kind of reminded me of survivalists now, which I know is the whole point, but the the whole, oh, the air supply's been poisoned, they're turning us into mummies, it's like, I would love to sit down and have a conversation with a survivalist, as someone who is a creative person as well as incredibly scientific, I would love to sit down and just have a conversation and be like, what is wrong with you? So... We haven't actually talked about the, the episode, the events of the episode. Did you enjoy, so you enjoyed it? What did you think of the whole? It's very much a filler episode because it's just them trying to get weaponry. Yeah, but it is. But it's it's something that very few things often address. Like normally, they just have an unlimited supply. Um, I mean, the thing is, the thing that did annoy me is obviously they're going to get these weapons and. Uh, Kelly shoots a, I want to say it was like a machine gun or a rifle. I think, yeah, I think it's a machine gun, I think it's an AR or something. And obviously the like kickback would not cover off her feet, which it did. She then would not be okay to get up and start shooting again. That's fair, there's only so far realism can go in a show like this though. But like I said at the time, at least they address the, the recoil. They don't just have people pick up a weapon and immediately be that proficient in it that they can just handle everything. And then obviously they get locked in an underground bunker. That's tense, which works. Good. And then obviously you find out that Ruby is alive again, but the hand's gone for a little walkabouts. Yeah. He leaves without them, which I said was going to happen. And, like, it's obvious he doesn't want them to get hurt because he, he does care. So I think that my one of my favourite scenes in that episode is Ash and Amanda handcuffed together in the bunker being pursued by the Deadite, where you get them working in, in sync very quickly. And you get to see that, even though she's, like, a trained police officer... Ash has had that 30, 40 years of sort of like 
street smart training that he's had to learn how to do this so he is just as capable as anyone else if not more and you and that's by far one of my favorite things about scenes like that with ash is that you, he is a bumbling idiot he's he is a racist sexist horrible person who's trying to be a good person but does not understand because he's so stuck in the 70s but when it comes to fighting he is one of the best killers in the entire like evil dead universe if not the best at what he does i just love that scene but yeah the, and then the end of that episode where he actually gets honest and says about how important everyone is to him which kind of like if you hadn't already guessed that's what he was going to do you, you know he's going to be leaving them because it's ash he doesn't do that he's not honest he's not emotional so that must be an important thing for him and then he immediately just leaves and lets them and just disappears on them and leaves to go by himself and to face it alone and then you get that final shot of the hand scuttling towards the cabin that like this is probably the wrong phrasing that scene was cute kind of i see your point because you find terrifying things cute so we stop then and we've watched eight nine and ten in one sitting which is what i've asked us to do because of the cliffhangers of each one so we will still do them one by one but i think we do eight and nine and then we can focus on ten and the whole the whole arc of the first season so what did you think of ashes to ashes i gave it seven okay like it's obvious the cabin bring back some memories i'm sorry do they not know the basic rules of a horror movie you never go in the fucking basement and growing confused me so much. Why did it confuse you? Because it just looks weird. Fair enough. Samara weaving. Now, I love Ready or Not. I love Scream. I love that woman. <laughs> she is like a horror icon. This was, I think this was, pro was this before Ready or Not? Because this would have been yeah, 2015, 2016. So yeah, this would have been the first big horror thing that she did. I'm sorry, I argue you could have kicked that shed door down considering one of the panels was missing. Oh yeah, I don't think it's meant to be a, a physical challenge for him. I think it's meant to be he's fighting against all of the, the literal demons, yeah. Kandarian dagger, which is a dagger with a human bone handle and the blade has otherworldly powers and when placed on necronomicon uh, it sears the bindings flesh so the scene with ash and bad ash evil ash honestly the second he appeared and started talking i was like that's not him because it's it's when he turned around and he was like i know i'm not a catch but i could be your i might know he thinks he's a snack for everyone you can so this is which is why i say bruce campbell is such a good actor and he's an underrated actor he plays the two ashes exactly the same but really subtly different like like you said you see evil ash appear and you know without any physical clues you know that it's a different character just from his slightly different version of him i told you at the time i, I love the fight scene between the two because i just find it proper slapstick comedy funny of that they're, they're exact duplicates of each other and there's the you know you've you've got a, a trick knee and a bum shoulder and fake teeth and they're just punching each part of the other one where they know they've got an injury it's also the now that's what i call cleavage joke now yes normally i wouldn't find jokes like that funny but a meat cleaver in the neck is kind of slapstick funny but also fair enough it's very black dark comedy but i like it so that's got the no you didn't find it funny but i love it that it ends with the two ashes about to like kill each other cuts to black and it's a, it's the two of us is the closing music did you see my facial expression during that i did i know yeah but i just love that the song always ties into the episode and i just love that connection there's a similar one in season two which i can't say because it's spoilers but the episode ends and the closing music is a clue to what happens in the next episode but it's such a funny 
choice of music. So I I'll mention it when we get there. But I love it. But yes, yeah, so we've got the we've got the Ash versus Evil Ash showdown, and then it cuts to black until we get to Bound in Flesh, which is episode nine. Which I'm very curious to your thoughts on, given you said you had a page of notes. So. Eight out of ten. Yeah. I guess that Amanda would turn into a deadite. That was obvious, especially the way she died, like the same way as her partner. Sliced and diced, chopped up. The blood got to the book, which meant it started talking. Deadite Amanda went back mad. Ruby reappears and claimed that Ash has slash is the root of evil. And it's like, um, love, you're the one that keeps resurrecting from the dead and the deadites are like busy mates with. So, I meant to say just now, but we'll talk about it now quickly before we get back to it. You asked if Amanda's death was meant to get to you because it obviously didn't. Yeah, I was just sat there like, what? Well, that was obvious. A surprising amount of people were genuinely shocked by that because so far up to this point the only people that have died have been side characters and it was kind of assumed by a lot of people that obviously Ash isn't going to die and the Pablo is too cute to die and Kelly's too cool to die and then the love interest despite everybody knowing full well that in any Evil Dead movie the love interest always 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 ends up with a horrible fate she wasn't just a love interest exactly so people were hoping that she would survive they thought that that would be our team we'd have we'd have ash and the like actually properly capable law enforcement officer to like fend off all the murder accusations then you'd have like the sort of family unit with the two younger ones so her being killed off was a genuine shock to a lot of people because it's kind of that everyone assumed ev- all of those characters were safe and now you've killed one of the major characters that's been in your show for the first eight episodes of a ten episode series now you're genuinely worried are Pe- Pablo and mm. Kelly going to die and I think it gives it a bit of weight it gives the show a bit of like oh no we are going to kill off important characters now we're not just going to kill off anyone we want as I didn't mention when we talked about Killer of Killers the scene where they gr- he grabs the dead like grabs the child and throws him into the ceiling fan oh that was funny but that's the first time the evil dead have killed children but it's them showing no we can do what we want we're not going to hold back and this is them going oh no we're going to kill off major characters and we don't care what you think so it's made people scared of what's going to happen so i like that scene and a lot of people were quite upset by it but you obviously weren't because you didn't have a particular love for for amanda as a character i think if pablo goes i will be because he is quite cute. Okay. But if Kelly goes, you won't care so much? Just don't put a cross on it, Grave. So we're going to keep... I'm not saying anything happens. I'm just going to put this out there to the listeners. Anyone who's seen the show knows what may or may not happen. Anyone who hasn't, it'll be a surprise for you when you get there. But we now know that if Kelly goes, Megan might not care so much. But if Pablo dies, she will be upset by it. <laughs> so let's just keep that in mind and see what happens going forward. Um... I also don't think, so they say Ruby is Ruby... Noby. Thank you. I don't think she is. From this episode, at this point? At this point, well, from this episode. Says that burying white white needs to be dismantled. I also wrote down uh, Ash's names for his weapons. Okay, this is my little fun fact that I was going to talk about. Do you... Okay, to say what they were? Mo and Larry. Do you know where they come from? No. So, here's a very, very, very deep, deep, deep dive into American comedy. So, Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell and Rob Tappert, who, so obviously director, star and producer of The Evil Dead in that order, were close friends when they were younger, which is why they got together to make this. They were not horror fans so much as they were comedy fans, which is why that's a lot of slapstick comedy. They were massive fans of a comedy group called The Three Stooges. The Three Stooges being Moe, Larry and Shemp. Now, I want to say Shemp dies quite late into their comedy career, but not they don't stop making comedy. They have a series of different people come in to play that character to play to like but be the body double so they're referred to as fake shemps and in the making of the evil dead ted raimi is a prime example 
actors who they got in to be body doubles were be they called them fake shemps and were credited in the credits as shemp and because that's the ongoing thing they've now put a nod into the other members of the three stooges mo and larry being the chainsaw and the gun fair enough entirely i just thought it might be useful yeah no it's an absolutely fair enough assumption ownership to be passed to ruby can she be trusted and then ruby wrote the book and then i wrote who is she so you your immediate response to that was you're about 30 how can you have written it which is a massive compliment to lucy lawless who was 47 at the time and i haven't actually mentioned this fun fact yet lucy lawless played xena warrior princess on xena warrior princess bruce campbell was a was a recurring guest star they're really good friends they invited her to be the villain of the show she's also married to rob tappert who is the producer of the evil dead what's the warrior princess so it's based very 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 loosely on greek mythology oh i do like a bit of greek mythology she's she's a warrior princess who just travels around fighting evil with her female best friend <laughs> because it was a 90, uh, 2000s 90s and 2000s show anyway the t- back to the time the point i was trying to say is she was mates with bruce campbell and she's married to the producer so they just uh, out of more friendship and courtesy just went do you want to play the film i deliberately didn't tell you the uh, title of episode 10 because i didn't want to spoil the reveal yeah but i guessed it in episode three and in episode three you did predict that ruby would be the dark one as is the title so what did you think of the finale i just wrote why did you go into the basement (laughs) it's a valid response but he went in there to rescue his pablo yes i did notice the his and my yeah fell back to the night he read it offered jacksonville refused the tape is playing again hit it with a sledgehammer uh, and then I wrote, the house is alive. All Magnus Necronomicon yeah. wants to free children, which are inherently creepy. Demon child sliced and diced Samara weaving. Honestly, trying to burn down the house, I thought we established that didn't work. Tries to take Ash's fee. Made deal, Jacksonville, Atrium County, sinkholes, and at least three children have been released, at, but one is dead. Fair enough. So what did you, I don't think we, what did you give episode 10? I was going to let you try and figure it out. I don't think it's any less than an 8. I'd like to say it's a 9, but I think it's probably an 8. It's an 8. Yeah. I get the feeling that each kid's going to be like different, if that makes sense. Okay, so like like mini bosses, for want of a better phrase, like mini major villains. Not the seven deadly sins, but it works to explain. So like, one's going to be envy, one's going to be greed, one's going to be wrath, one's going to be... yeah. So on and so forth. But obviously not the seven deadly sins. Fair enough. So yeah, one of my questions was about the, the children, but you've answered that now. So I've got two more things to ask about the finale. Well, three more things technically. You've got Samara Weaving in your show. Granted, she's not very well known, but she's obviously still a very good horror actress. You get her in there for three episodes, and by the end of her third episode, she is ripped to pieces. Do you think she was used well in the show? Do you wish to use it for longer? What do you think? So, I'm putting it into perspective that this came out in, like, 2015. By 2015 standards, yes, she was used well. By today's standards... It would not have been. Fair enough. I just know that you love her. I wanted to know what you thought. Right, so my two big questions. Number one, what do you think of the ending? As in, Ash has now made that deal that him, Pablo and Kelly are safe from the Deadites. And Ruby's going to control all the Deadite activity on Earth now. Bearing in mind they drive off having released sinkholes all over America. What do you think? It goes back to his naivety. Go on. He just... he just wants the life he could have had because he was he was meant to go to Jacksonville. He never got to go, and now he can go. And it's like he said, he's always had everything taken away from him. Now he's got the chance to be happy. So it's sort of like the repressed trauma and the past giving him what he actually wants now. It's very childlike. Not to make 
too obvious a point, but you you don't think that that's the end. You don't think the deal's going to stay the way it's meant to be. No, obviously not. Okay. So my my final proper question being, what do you think of the next two seasons? Do you have any more predictions of them? What you've said. At least one child is gonna die in season two. I have a theory for the end of season three. Okay. Well, if you want to say it now, we can put it in stone as a prediction. Well, obviously, I know Ash isn't in Evil Dead Rise. Something's gonna happen to him for him to not be involved again. Okay. Whether he gets killed or... Fair enough. Fair enough. So, I'm gonna say two things. The first thing I've already said before being that he said if the show got cancelled, he would never play the character again and the show got cancelled. However... Does it end on a cliffhanger? Yes and no, but I can't say more than that. Okay, that's, that's fine. The other thing being, in July last year, they announced an animated revival of Ash vs. Evil Dead that they are working on with him back as the voice of Ash. That's different though. True, and that's all we know, but it's something, and I'm excited for it, if it happens. Fair enough. But as of now, I think we've seen the first season, we know what Megan thinks, we know what she thinks of the next, what's to come, and I'm excited to get there. I think we better wrap up, because it's quite late. As always, I'm just mentally preparing myself for Evil Dead Rise on Monday. Yeah, we'll get there. We can do this. But for now, I think we're going to say goodbye. And we'll see you next time with Series 2. Let us know what you thought of the show. Let us know what you're thinking of the characters and the podcast. And we'll see you soon. Let us know if you think the podcast is groovy. Yes! And on that note, (laughs) bye! Bye.